Welcome to another Azure-centric podcast on our Azure Weekly Updates. Uh, yes, we did promise before that we were keep going with, with our podcast, but with COVID, with Christmas, and with all the madness with this new variant, it was not, not um, we cannot, we could not keep the promise. But now... It's true. We it now, yes, now that COVID arrived at my house, now that I am in quarantine and you, Andrew, are not, right? Um, I am the opposite of quarantine. The quarantine? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are keeping this and we will do this uh, every single week like we, like we anticipated to do it. So my name is Marcos Nogueira. I'm your host for the Azure Centric. And with me, I have my partner in crime, Andrew. So Andrew, new background. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's actually, it's not live, but uh, it is real on location here in beautiful Mexico. So uh, I'm very lucky I was able to sneak out of Canada uh, before all of the uh, craziness started to happen. And I've been down south enjoying a little bit of a break. It's been an, a very difficult and busy 2021 uh, for everybody. Um, but uh, to be honest, my family deserved a little bit of a break uh, because they put up with me working. So yes, um, that's what we're doing. We're, no, I, we're doing a little family fun here. So it's, I could it's not fun. agree more. And, and you really deserve it. It's been heck of a year of 2021. Uh, we accomplished so much professionally, mm -hmm. uh, personally, uh, and even with with uh, our podcast that is unbelievable um it's been amazing we've had some really awesome yes uh, i don't know what to say feedback and results um, i love seeing those numbers i love hearing uh all of the feedback positive negative uh you know tell us about your grocery list whatever <laughs> it's, like... it's really nice to hear kind of a two-way communication right yeah and it's what keeps us going. It keeps us coming back. And we, we love doing this. We talk about this stuff anyways. Absolutely. So it's kind of fun to record. It's kind of fun to have kind of some community feedback. And uh, we do this for you, our listeners, our viewers, because first of all, we love you, but also because we want to tell you about all of the Azure Weekly updates. Yes. And and one of the reasons that we didn't record, I remember one of the episodes, it was I think the last of the year. It's because we didn't have, for the first time, during 52 weeks, we didn't have an update from Azure. Zero <laughs> and then, I, and then we, we, even, we even get together and say, what are we going to talk about it? Right? Because we don't have updates. And this, this, is, this podcast <laughs> is basically our weekly conversation, like very informal, as you already know, right? um that that is talking <laughs> about azure but if they don't give us what to talk about <laughs> yeah, there was there was not and uh to be honest i thought it was kind of a good thing because it means that the product teams and all of the very yes. hardworking people with the azure um services and products they had a week or two off around Absolutely. the holidays as well and it's so important right we have to Maybe and maybe that's what we should have talked about. Exactly, it is it is important to kind of take a bit of a, a pause, have a break, 
and refresh because it's really good for your mind, mental health, and your physical health as well, right? Absolutely, and 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 it's like, but don't worry if you if you listen to the podcast, don't worry because Ash didn't take a break. It was only just a development team, okay? <laughs> just on hold for two weeks. Exactly. Just they just went <laughs> to spend holidays with the family and all of that. Hold the plug. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of the old story where where the 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 server cabinet is in the closet in the office and every night we lose we would lose power about you know nine o'clock at night and everybody comes running and all of that right and it always turns out it's the cleaning crew that comes in plug unplugs the server rack plugs in the vacuum cleaner and then plugs it back in when they're done <laughs> absolutely <laughs> It's just Azure for a couple of weeks. Exactly. No big deal. No, right? no worries. No worries about that. So we want, like you said, to thank you uh, in this case for all of your subscribers. If you are new to the channel, please uh, subscribe. Uh, it's the only thing we we are asking for is your support. Um, smash that like button, uh, even if you don't like us or if you think that uh, Andrew should be in Canada with minus 30 Celsius, like I did a couple of weeks ago, instead of plus twenty, um, just give it a thumbs down. That's okay. We will we will address that. <laughs> no, no matter what, right? But we'll be home in no time. It's absolutely. <laughs> but this week, I have to say that it was the probably the easiest week of uh, oh, yeah. getting the agenda for this podcast. So we basically didn't cut. Almost nothing, right? We didn't take yeah, anything just, else. Uh, I think just one or something like that, yeah. right? And um, there was some really cool updates in here. And I remember on Monday seeing one that came out that I was very excited about. And it got my brain uh, kind of thinking about uh, certain things and infrastructure as code, things as code. And uh, it did actually lead me down a little bit of a, a reading and studying path, by the way. So, but um, you studying while vacations? So, vacation for me means that my mind is freed up because I don't have to be dedicated to our clients, for example, right? So, I just have more cycles. And uh, I'm not 25, and I can't just sit by a pool and drink. Uh, what we call uh, cervezas all day. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can, but my wife becomes rather unhappy with me by the evening. So, <laughs> in an effort to keep the family happy, exactly, and uh, keep keep dad sober, uh, we 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 do other things as well. <laughs> so, okay, fair yeah, enough. Fair yeah, enough. There has to be some fun in there too. Absolutely, I, I agree. Absolutely. So let's let's roll to start to start in this case all the news for this week. So welcome back. Let's jump to the first update. And the first update is the general way available of Azure policy support for Azure Site Recovery. And we could not start this on a better way, right? With two of our uh, constantly and daily conversations that we have with our customers. One of them oh is God. Azure Policy, and the other one is Azure Site Recovery. 
Exactly. Yeah, we're we are frequently talking about Azure policy and um, maybe to kind of close the loop. When I first saw this, I started thinking about, oh, well, now it's working with site recovery. Uh, so, you know, if policy is supporting Azure site recovery, what else is it doing? What else uh, should I be exploring? So I started kind of going down this road of Azure Bicep to create Azure policy. And then of course this, uh, we're into uh, infrastructure as code or policy as code in this case, um, uh, pretty quickly there. So it, what's really fascinating to me is when we start going down that road for Azure policy, it puts quite a twist on what I thought I knew about Azure policy. So um, yes, I guess maybe just a little bit of uh, reading to do around that for uh, some of our viewers and listeners. So if you're interested in that, um, follow a really cool cat on Twitter, uh, Gregor Suddy. Um, he has some really cool development tips and stuff like that. So uh, I'll just give a bit of a shout out there. Totally my cheat sheet guy. <laughs> but what what about this update? What do you what eats your uh, the part that you like it about this update? So in this case, you know, we always talk anytime there's Azure policy updates kind of in our list. We we get to talk about automation and Azure policy is kind of that. I don't know, like the forgotten kid a little bit when it comes to automation. It's the original automation when we think about Azure. So we set the policy and now it's no VM left behind. We can automatically say if it's a VM, if it's, uh, you know, NV12, I'm just picking on the bad boy. And uh, we need to have this, you know, highly available, highly recoverable, meet our RTO, RPO stuff. Then we can build that into an Azure policy now, and it can automatically provision that VM into Azure Site Recovery for us. That is freaking cool, it because is. now we'll never not have whatever our business case, business requirements are. It'll never be overlooked so that uh, you know we, we don't have any kind of gaps in, uh, in, in the infrastructure and the coverage and um, the ASR that we're using, site recovery, sorry. Um, that way, when somebody creates a new VM, it's automatically going to be enrolled. Everything's going to just kind of automatically happen in that way, right? Absolutely. The part that I like that uh, uh, I, uh, I like about this um, is is the part that with the policy, right? You have the part of the compliance, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, and you have um, you 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 are the part of the compliance, and you are um, using this to make sure that first you know what it is that that you have on your environment regarding DR, okay, and uh, you are you have all of those components regarding what is the core, the organizational standards, but besides that. Okay, what I love about this is because this is Azure policy, okay, and and using exactly what you meant by by the part of uh, the the automation is now you can leverage, for example, um, tags to make sure mm -hmm. that 
even that machine or not, even if it's with DR enabled, with Azure Site Recovery enabled or not, with a simple tag and by running the policy and all of that, you can automatically put that as a DR if that is the case. So it's because you can, if you're looking at this on another perspective is, and this has always been one of the topics that it's like how to create a VM on Azure is changing dramatically because yes. right now you can do so much without going without that wizard. Even creating VNets, even creating uh, um, backups, even creating disaster recovery, even creating all the infrastructure around and like load balancing and everything else, you can do it within the wizard, which is pretty powerful and says a lot of, of those type of things that you can do it. But I see a lot of people because of that, right? I see a lot of people uh, doing shortcuts, right? And yes, that's that's very true. And that uh, that's where all of these policies and all of these governance, right? It comes to play, and it's our daily conversation with customers, because again, now that is in GA, now it's it's usable in production. We can literally do this, and the part that I like about this is. To be able to set up Azure Site Recovery, right, you need a certain level of permissions, right? And look where I'm going, this, okay? And you need a certain level of permissions. By applying the policy and by having the compliance report, you can, in when you configure the policy, you can put on the remediation tasks those permissions, okay? And the person that is looking at this or the team that is looking at the governance of the environment through the remediation task, they can make sure that that VM, it should have disaster recovery enabled. It should be have the replication enabled. And by creating or just performing the remediation task, what they are doing is they are configuring that automatically. So the powerful of this policy, it goes behind just automation. It goes behind of making sure that your environment is within the standards, within the compliance that your organization needs to have, like SOX, CIS, and so on and so oh, forth, absolutely. right? By giving the power to those teams to analyze and to make sure that this is a service that should be enabled. And because of someone decided to cut some corners, right? Or by a missing part of this enable, you can now make it that, that available, right? And that's the part that I love about this. And I think I've been talking too much just regarding one update, but it happens, right? Not at all. I think, I think that you touched on a really good point and I, I really liked what you had to say around tags and enabling or really empowering different teams in the organization to be able to drive what they have for business requirements through disaster recovery or uh, business continuity requirements things like that right so 
we can we can configure those policies to do so much more than just auto enroll all of the vms we can we can configure things in a really cool way i love i love how you how you said that that's it's exactly right yeah absolutely moving to the next one next one is again talking about about uh backup and disaster recovery and and uh the the part of protecting your workloads it's the azure backup on automation updates 2021 so this is a kind of resume of the entire year uh that the automation uh that they did for azure backup and and this is a very very nice um available blog post right because it kind of gives us the top five during the azure backup for automation and that happens on 2021 of course that a lot of automation when talking about automation you're talking about scripting talking about scripting language so cli commands powershell uh, and and all of that they are the top two in this case um but it's not only that right it's the power of going behind it's the part that i i do love about microsoft is the power of those tools it's like is 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 going to be for us normal if they don't update those cli commands and and the powershell is going to be a shock for us right but the part <laughs> the part of going further and moving this <coughs> no i apologize and and moving this to terraform is a part that i do love it because it's a third party tool right mm-hmm. that is yep. is really powerful and and it can do way more than that and the benefit of using this with bicep like you mentioned on on the previous one it's tremendous right it is yeah and i think you know a lot of a lot of organizations have been starting or exploring uh and testing terraform um and one of the things that uh, i always say is you know if you're if you're in for the penny you're in for the pound so once you start using languages to deploy so if you're using terraform chances are you're also going to be using something like bicep or powershell you're going to be looking at desired state config you're going to be looking at ansible or chef there's all these tools that are available and there's a little bit of crossover for some of them but there's also different things that each one does and it's uh, uh, quite often very complementary right so um you know, you talk about CLI. CLI is a very versatile tool for us now um, in the Azure portal, um, and not just on the Azure portal. I shouldn't say that, right? So we can we can execute CLI commands remotely against a, a tenant as well. Uh, but yeah, so all those automation updates. Um, if you're going to touch one language, chances are you're going to touch two or three at the same time. Absolutely, absolutely. And 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 it's awesome to see the 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 evolution during the last year of Azure Backup for doing that, because it's, again, it goes to the same topic that that we uh, we talk about it on, on the previous uh, uh, update regarding the part of automation, regarding the part of yeah. of going there and through the, through the cycle of creating a VM, for example, you enable. But Azure Backup is not only for VMs. You can apply for almost everything and be able to yeah. automate that 
in everything that you that you have on Azure, it's pretty powerful, right? And that's it's, yeah, it's extremely powerful. And that's and the part that and it's easy easier to do it through the updates, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. I think Azure Backup is a, an underrated tool sometimes. Yeah. Um, we we often look for something that's more complex in our solutions in uh, IT in general. I'm, I'm very much generalizing here. And, uh, you know, you and I have talked about this many, many times. We'll talk about it a lot more in the future, I'm sure. But finding the simple solution, something that is easy to maintain, easy to fix, and uh, is sustainable for an organization. That's the really tough one, right? That's yes. the harder solution, I Absolutely. think, many times to find. Absolutely. Absolutely. I could not agree more. The next one that we have is the Azure Ultra Disk Storage is now GA in West US 3. So this is the most recent region, okay, that we have in US, if I'm not believing. In, in in west area so this is in arizona and now they have the most expensive disk and the most fastest disks ever in azure yeah they are super fast and they're they're usually uh deployed for high demand workloads yes. right so we often pick on sap and that certification um mainly because it's a very difficult certification to attain absolutely and um Ultra disks are really intended to to cater to like SAP and and uh, other large softwares that have those big databases that we yeah. we have to interact with, right? It's so very transaction heavy workloads uh, that exactly. you should use yeah. this. Yes, absolutely. Uh, although I did I did another day. I have to I have to tell you that that I did a demo of this of performance and man, uh, when you want to push this when some IOPS. It's it's getting pretty crazy. So I got like it was insane. It was like three thousand megabytes per second as a max throughput <laughs> uh, or four thousand. It was like it was insanely. Even compared, it was like usually uh, I always I always recommend depending on what it is that is like the premium SSDs are more than enough. Okay. And, oh yeah, and usually right. I, I I start I I'm going to to my clients because I'm kind of a a cheap guy, and you say yeah you should use standard SSD because it's you will not not see the difference. So standard SSD usually you have a true output if I'm not mistaken of about 750 max per second, mm -hmm. which is pretty That's awesome. Okay, it's pretty it's pretty good. It's but pretty premium. Good. Premium. It's a little bit. Above that, it's just like it's less than one gigabyte, so we don't have too much. But the ultra disks, it's like four thousand megabytes per second. So it's like even before you really think crazy. reading, he's already writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So again, we we finally reached the point in computing where uh, the computer's faster than we are again. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the part that that I was like, whoa, because that's the beauty of our of our job is the cool part is to play with all of these cool things, right? I remember oh. when I was when I was deploying SAP uh, on Azure that I was able to play with 
those big M family machines, right? Mm. Uh, and like deploying 256 CPUs with half terabyte of RAM, it's not every single day that you do that, right? And I even, I even, I even uh, tweet that that time. I even say, yeah, I built a server to play Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine uh, 256. And it, I remember there is a, now I have to find it. Uh, there is a program that I think it was Mark Persunovich that he kind of built it that you put uh, on those big machines, right? Those M, you run it, and it triggers the different, uh, the different uh, CPUs, and it can build the symbol of Azure, the old one, symbol of Azure, on the CPU. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I, I've seen a video of this You've seen the I, video I of the that, right? Yeah, that, I know the demo you're talking about. Yes, it is really cool to see that. That that is geekness on a high level, isn't it? Yeah, he, playing he with with them, Process so. Explorer, right? To just attach that to the <laughs> to the CPU to just have the Azure symbol on the on the Process Explorer uh, resource view or whatever was it. It's 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 behind of. And it's too much time, I have to say, uh, available. I don't, we don't have that. We don't have that. Not today. Not I have today. some cold cervezas. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. So let's keep going. The next one is the general availability of load balancer SQ uh, upgrade through PowerShell script. Again, PowerShell Absolutely. coming to this. So now, what I like about this is, yes, you can do this on on uh, Azure Load Balancer, right? And you can upgrade from the standard to the uh, the basic, basic to the standard basic to standard. Yes, yeah. to, I know it doesn't always make sense. Yeah, it doesn't. Whatever, uh, from the basic to standard on a portal. That was that was awesome, but this it changed a little bit the way that. What I like about this update, it's just a little bit on, on the automation side of it. Because now you can, for example, looking at associated this with Azure monitoring and application insights and all of that, you can create a PowerShell script that basically for that time, you can upgrade from basic to standard if you need to. Okay. And that is... The cool thing about the upgrading is running that PowerShell script, running that command, and bang, you are done. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, you, you gave the the perfect use case <laughs> that I actually had in my mind was now that this can be scripted, you just you have it available. It's going to be sitting in Azure Monitor. You're going to be taking a look at that basic skew for your load balancer. Yeah. And if it meets a certain threshold criteria and, you know, only your business will know what's the right threshold for you. If it's, exactly. you know, 95% capacity for X number of hours, then upgrade to the next level up kind of thing. And then, you know, we can now do that kind of in an, that automated way. And I, I think that's fantastic. 
So this also means that we can schedule upgrades yeah. um, because uh, quite often when we do the upgrade, they say zero downtime, zero downtime doesn't always take into account the current sessions. So sometimes there's a bit of a hiccup. So maybe we need to do it at 3.45 a.m. Uh, instead of, uh, you know, two in the afternoon, right? We discover this at two in the afternoon. Boom, Azure function. Uh, I think yeah. to me that just says the easiest way to, to do it. Time it, trigger it at 3.45 in the morning, get up early, check on it, make sure everything is working well, have your monitoring team uh, keep a close eye on it after the upgrade, and you should be good to go. Absolutely. Uh, it's pretty cool. Although, although this GA... It's it, it have some caveats, okay? So these these have some caveats or some let's call it limitations, okay? One of the first one, this is as you see on the title, this is just for upgrades, okay? First of all, so you cannot going back and forth, and the reason why behind this, I think it's 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 worth mention here is basically what the PowerShell script is doing is creating a brand new load balancer with a standard SKU and copy the configurations and moving, okay, the yeah. backend resources to the new one, okay? So uh, by doing that, you are upgrading the SKU, you are getting more powerful, but you have exactly the same configuration for doing this. So if you want to do this, just be careful on those rules, just be careful on those, because it's just one way. If you want to go back to basic, you have to just remember that you need to take down this standard skew and go back to basic once again. Okay? That is the first limitation. The other one, the upgrades of the public IP from the basic to standard needs to be in place. So you need to go, okay, and having for before you're doing this to be able to upgrade your IP SKU from basic to standard, okay? Uh, that is the other one. Then, uh, so the allocation of, 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 sorry, of the allocation of the IP needs to be static. So you cannot use dynamic updates or dynamic IPs. So you need to have, because remember, this upgrade, what it does, it basically creates a brand new load balancer. So by creating a new brand load balancer, if you have dynamic update, dynamic IPs, public IPs, it will create a brand new public IP. And you cannot attach exactly the same new one to that. And if your load balancer doesn't have the front IP configuration um, or a backend pool, it will give you an error, okay? Running yeah. the script. So you cannot have empty. So you cannot have... Because I see those a lot of those that you have empty load balances there, that you are just with the configuration, and you basically move, in this case for testing or whatever it is, some of those uh, uh, backend resources. In this case, you need to have this uh, enabled. That's the only caveats that I wanted to, to mention over here because I think it's important because this is in GA and everyone should use this in production now. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, so it's safe for production. Um, but those caveats really are a good thing to talk about. Um, thank you for raising those because it's it's kind of like the sales line, right? So yeah. the sales line is, hey, you can upgrade this using 
uh, command line now or PowerShell rather. But uh, you know they don't always tell you in that kind of that sales tag about what the, some of those rules are, or those qualifying steps that we have to do as prerequisites. Yeah. So um, that's really good. And it, the the backend pool config and the front end configuration and the uh, the standard SKU for public IP that is really important um, to make sure that those ones are in place. The the static standard SKU for public IP is, uh, in my mind, definitely a big prerequisite because a lot of organizations want to limit the number of public IPs that are assigned, uh, and rightly so. Um, it's a great way to help control costs and, and kind of ways of, of data ingress. So uh, make sure that you're working with your networking team when you're you're taking a look at doing those upgrades or even testing them out and find out what's needed. Absolutely, absolutely. I could not. I could not agree agree more. Um, the next one, I will give you the honors. To just <laughs> okay, I'll try this one. So, general availability for multiple custom BGP APIPA addresses for active VPN gateways. So, starting now all SKUs of active active VPN gateways now support multiple custom BGP APIPA addresses in each instance. So the APIPA is the non-routable IP. And I remember this because we were talking about this when we went through for the, the, the yes. list of topics today. Um, so APIPA is the non-routable address. And my first question when I, uh, in my tired head, when I read this was, uh, oh my gosh, a PIPA and BGP, what? Why are we talking about routing with non-routable IP addresses? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so the, the PIPA addresses are used for the BGP allocations, right? So the, for the BGP resources, I guess we, we could kind of say it that way. And now we can assign multiple custom BGP ranges. And uh, this is really good because uh, a BGP picks up anything in the route table and kind of, let's say, merges them together on the network, right? Yes. And allows uh, the best routes to be found kind of naturally. Um, it's not really naturally, but it happens in the background. So for most of us, it just works, right? Yeah. Now, where, where we have kind of this APIPA usage is where we have uh, network appliances and things like that. So we might have firewalls, filters, uh, different network equipment that are part of the BGP infrastructure that you need to have a non-routable IP assigned so that they can communicate kind of in parallel management interfaces, things like that, right? Yes. So uh, I think this one is actually really cool. And something at the bottom of this update, they kind of have hidden away in here. Uh, maybe you want to talk about this one. Yeah. So this this mainly, uh, what I like about this is is like you mentioned, this is only for the active active uh, Azure VPN gateways, and basically uh, this feature enables the PGP connections, for example, to AWS or even other cloud providers. So you might have, for example different tunnels and that communication within those right tunnels they, they you don't need to set up 
usually a network, right? You can let them uh, communicate to each other by a PIPA because a PIPA it's the automatic private IP address. So when you are not configuring either to DHCP or manually, right, the IP on the same network automatically so gives gives something on the range of 169.254, right? That is the, the, the characteristic of the IPIPA uh, IP range. So now what in this case you can have is you can have multiple uh, custom BGP IPIPA. So meaning that even if you are going, if you have multi-cloud, like for example, Azure and AWS, now you can set up this way more simple because on active active connection, you can have, for example, a AWS connection, um, uh, connection one and connection two, and both of them they will know which connection it is because it will know what is the connection or what is the communication between two because the PIPA usually is kind of one to one peer, right? You don't have too much. Um, so, exactly. and then you have like one connection from the VPN gateway to one, for example, tunnel um, on one region, for example, and then you have a second tunnel that you have another connection. And because you have the active active, now the BGP knows which connection to use automatically for this. And that's where it's going to be very, very helpful because now it's going to be easier and it's going to be, uh, it supports multiple. So on, on the blog post that I highly recommend you to read, right, or you that you are listening to go visit and to, and to, to read, you can see that you can enable multiple connections between, for example, Azure and AWS. And it's pretty cool how, conf how easy is to do that. Um, I did test it, okay? I have to say, I did test it, and you can do it that by different instances. And it's pretty cool to just doing that. It's it's so simple to do that. And it just you just enable and you just create and that's it. You can even configure your owning a PIPA uh, in this case inside of that, which is pretty awesome. Uh, and that's where yep. you are able to do that. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, and I don't remember seeing configurable a PIPA before. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> certainly, certainly not in Azure, but uh, um, I mean, I might be wrong. I'm, I'm no networking uh, expert by any stretch. Yeah. Uh, but I have to, I have to agree. Um, uh, building, defining, and provisioning site-to-site uh, -site peerings is so easy to do now. And the Microsoft Docs are really great. So if you're creating site to sites or you want to test it in your test subscription, of course, not in production. This is also public preview. So we would never do this in, in production. <laughs> I know you wouldn't, right? So <laughs> we've said it so many times, but yet we still see it happen. Uh, drives me crazy. But um, we, can, we can provision that out and uh, you can use your test subscription and uh, go. That's what it's for. Test it out, have fun, and uh, have a good time with that. And I think I need to rewind for a moment. This one is generally available 
my browser tab did advance for me uh, with my magic scroll button on my left. <laughs> so this feature is general availability. Uh, and I apologize for the confusion on That's that okay. one. That's okay. No worries, no worries. If you did that, now you have the responsibility of doing the <laughs> next one. I thought I might have bit that one off there too. So yes, uh, next up, of course, public preview, uh, Azure Static Web Apps Enterprise Grade Edge. This one's pretty cool, I have to say. Matt, so, right? Yeah, this one, it's, it's unbelievable. So, uh, I want to step back to starting talking about this update to just talking about this. What is this enterprise great edge? Okay. Because as you know, or, or everyone knows, right? Azure have 60 plus regions, mm -hmm. right? But besides that, they have what's called the other, the edge locations that they are nothing more than uh basically what they call the enterprise great edge is 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 basically other regions that they have with partners okay that they have some azure services okay that basically goes across the major cities and they have what's called the edge point of um of the 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 um, uh, of Azure. So usually the point of entry on Azure, those are the edge locations that we're talking about. So what does that mean is that now on Azure static web apps, so Azure static web apps is nothing more than sites, basically, statically. Now you can increase the performance of those and be able, this is a public preview, still public preview, so not in production, but you will be able to proactively make that available through the Azure Front Door and Azure CDN. So Azure Front Door, will, what we'll do is it will look where you're coming from and it will point you to the closest one, okay? And CDN with the Content Delivery Network to be able to place your site on those regions, on those edge so, like I said, we have 61 regions, 60 plus regions, right? That they are maintained by Microsoft. But with this, we are advancing to 118 plus regions. So doubling, okay, more than double, almost doubling, right? The locations around the world that your site can be deployed to. So now imagine the low latency of those, those incredible... So I will do this for my blog because uh, it's really important for everyone that's reading my blog to like, again, like the other disks before even typing the, 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 the address of the azurecenter.com on the, on the URL, they already loaded the page. Imagine that because it's exactly. insanely yeah. fast. Yeah, and one of the things I think that is worth mentioning here as well is not only do you get the full benefit with enterprise grade edge of those 118 plus regions or edge locations in this case, but you also get distributed uh, denial of service protection. Yes. So you get the DDoS attack protection rolled into this service 
as part of it. Yeah. That's amazing. It's amazing. And I think the other part that is really cool for websites and we know increasingly important. So there's been a crunch for a long time, but it's kind of critical mass now, right? With IP addresses in the IPv4 space. So this service for Azure Static Web Apps Enterprise Grade Edge also has native support for end-to-end -end IPv6 and HTTP2 protocol. So this is pretty good stuff. Oh my, uh, yeah. Right? Absolutely. So they they always sneak these like small ones in, and it's like, oh, there's just like three bullet points on the page here. Just you know, it's a quickie. No, it but is. It's, this is a big one. Yeah. This is a big and, one. And and even with CDN, because this is this again, this is a static web app, right? So this is for static exactly. static sites. In this case, you can the caching mechanism of this, and the way that you update these and all of that is insanely because now you can have your uh, your page or your site or your web app, right? Across the world, they would cache that. Yeah, if if they the attack, the, the denial of service, it's attached to it's one of the things that is the native service that you have on the edge because again, it's the edge of 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 Azure, so they want to make sure that you are secure on that, and be able exactly. to have that, and because of proliferation of all of those locations. You're starting to have constraints regarding your IPv4, right? By enable this natively on IPv6, it's tremendous because in the backend with Azure front door, right? You are just pointing at it, and it's transparently for for your client to go there. It just looks at the site and it bang, it's there and it's fast. Exactly, and it does yep. and there's all of that. With the IPv6 and HTTP2, yes, uh, it's really set up for success for the future, right? Yes. So that's much increased security, routing, address space availability. It's going to be a lot easier to maintain and do those kind of those incremental updates that Azure is famous for, which is of course why we're here. Absolutely, and, and besides that. It, they they went even more and they just optimized the file compression of those files. So it doesn't take too much of space as well. Because remember, you we pay for everything, right? We pay exactly. for the CDN, we pay for the cache, and we pay for everything. So by optimizing that file compression, this is going to be even cheaper uh, to run it, yeah. even with I, the I, fastest I, one. I'm thinking of some very interesting ways to use this, uh, to be honest. And because it's in public preview, now I can go, and, uh, go in and poke at it as well. I, I may have some time next week to uh, have a look at that. <laughs> While you are uh, uh, drinking cervezas to the pool, you just have your laptop say, let me implement this close to here. Okay, how cool is cloud computing under the clouds? I Like, come on. <laughs> no, but... As I can see on your screen, you don't have any clouds. Uh, this was a particularly clear day. Oh, okay. uh, very, very lucky and very, uh, very grateful for my opportunity to enjoy some palm trees blowing in the breeze here. Okay, that's okay. Uh, let's move to the other one before I get depressed. So you have you have to take this one, but we did save the best for last. Exactly. So announcing price reductions for 
Azure Confidential Computing. So this is pretty cool. We've been talking on this on these uh, uh, podcasts, right? On this series and on this show about saving money and about confidential computing. And because of that, now Microsoft's announcing that they are reducing by one third, so by 33%, the DCSV2 and the DCSV3 series. So meaning that starting in the 1st of January, beginning of the year, they will starting using already that, the price reduction. So you will see and on your bill a reduction of those series or those families by 33%. Exactly. And uh, I think we both know uh, definitely as a fact, many, many, many organizations have these two series deployed heavily in the organ in their organizations. Uh, yes. This is one of my go to's kind of the workhorse VMs. And to see these uh, have such a great cost reduction in the confidential computing uh, kind of vertical offering. I think that this is amazing. Now, when we think about confidential computing, uh, it is, uh, well, let's say it has been typically a bit more expensive um, because there's some certain measures that yes. Azure is making sure are in place, attestation and uh, physical security, but also firmware security, virtualizing everything and uh, like uh, many layers, right? Yes. And it allows uh, uh, an organization or a, a user to use that uh, that server and know that everything on it is right on that one. It, it's confidential, yes. right? So you can use it for healthcare and things like that. Uh, it, there's, there's lots of different things, right? It's just another way that we should see this as a data protection because we exactly. are not saying that the normal VMs, they are not protected or uh, they no, are not secure. This is for those uh, VMs uh, or for those confidential computing that you need an extra layer that is required for your data protection, right? Exactly. Uh, it's typically seen in healthcare, finance, yes. or even in government sometimes, right? So and it's not even for those for those verticals, right? It's not for every single workload. Okay. Exactly. So this is it's, for specific it's not requirement. Like, exactly. It's not like you are healthcare or financing or, or government that all of your workloads need to be under <laughs> confidential computing. No, come on. Gosh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> let's let's be reasonable and let's talk about that. It's like if you really need this, okay, uh, it's going to be that available and cheaper. I would love exactly. to see, to be very honest, um, everyone moving because i think it's going to be impractical and sometimes it's not uh, used for that but the tendency of a lot of organizations i see it's oh if it's available let's use it but then they they complain about the price and it's it's like you don't buy a ferrari to deliver pieces <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like yes you can but then he, you need to deliver a lot of pieces right to pay for the ferrari uh, at least for that on only if you want to just have fun delivering pieces and i don't know what is going to be the end goal of having like a kind of a, a mixed uh, 
pizza. So are, you, are you telling me I can't actually get a pizza in 30 minutes again then if they use the Ferrari? No, even less than that. <laughs> but then it's going to be down south because if during the winter they are delivering pizzas oh, you on Canada anywhere. with Ferrari, <laughs> that I want to have that job. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna say you can't go too far south because the roads in Mexico, uh, maybe not made for Ferraris. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But but yeah, it's exactly the same thing, right? So, it's it's good to have that. It's 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 good news, and it's it's a very like you said, a well way to just ending our podcast. And with that, we're coming to sadly. To our uh, end of of this um, episode, um, I don't even know which episode number is. I lost my count. It should be like forty something, close to fifty. I don't know anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that doesn't matter. So we want. I want to thank you, Andrew, for taking time from your uh, busy times of drinking services by the pool <laughs> to come and having this conversation with me. And for all of you listening, uh, don't forget to uh, giving your uh, thumbs up uh, or not, or giving your feedback. And if you are new to the channel, subscribe because we will have Absolutely. pretty good things coming up on this year. Uh, so, and we highly recommend that if you subscribe, also just share. Tell one or two of your friends that you might uh, have that are interested in uh, maybe technology and Azure specifically, of course. But uh, we offer a full 100% money back guarantee. Guaranteed. 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 That has always <laughs> been always been our our uh, our team or our, our mojo in this case since the beginning. Absolutely. Listener and watcher satisfaction is number one, and we offer a full refund, full refund. Uh, of, of everything you paid to subscribe. Exactly. Or if you want to pay as a beer, just find us right now. Yeah, absolutely. Right now, yeah. Uh, uh, we have we cover almost North America. Um, and yeah, uh, with that, Mexico is North America, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Is, yeah. So yeah, we cover all North America. So if you want, if you are down south, can pay beer to to una cerveza uh, for <laughs> <laughs> for our friend uh, Andrew, um, or if you want to pay a cold beer for me, no worries. We are always Absolutely. available here. We're here to we're here to help. Absolutely. So <laughs> once again, thank you, Andrew. Thank you so much for for everything. Uh, Happy New Year to everyone, and mm. thank you for watching. And I hope that I can see you. On the next one. Bye for now.